Hello, this is R.J. Deacon reading the Supreme Court of the United States Opinion Syllabus in ZF Automotive versus LuxShare. Certiorari before judgment to the United States Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit. Argued March 23rd, 2022 and decided June 13th, 2022. These consolidated cases involve arbitration proceedings abroad for which a party sought discovery in the United States pursuant to 28 U.S.C. Section 1782A, a provision authorizing a district court to order the production of evidence for use in a proceeding in a foreign or international tribunal. In the first case, Lux Share Limited, a Hong Kong-based company, alleges fraud in a sales transaction with ZF Automotive U.S., uh, a Michigan-based automotive parts manufacturer and subsidiary of a German corporation. The sales contract signed by the parties provided that all disputes would be resolved by three arbitrators under the arbitration rules of the German Institution of Arbitration, a private dispute resolution organization based in Berlin. To prepare for a DIS arbitration against ZF Luxshare filed an application under Section 1782 in federal court, seeking information from ZF and its officers. The district court granted the request, and ZF moved to quash, arguing that the DIS panel was not a foreign or international tribunal under Section 1782. The district court denied ZF's motion. The Sixth Circuit denied a stay. The second case involves A.B. Bankus Snorris, uh, we're just going to call it Snorris, uh, a failed Lithuanian bank declared insolvent and nationalized by Lithuanian authorities. The Fund for Protection of Investors' Rights in Foreign States, a Russian corporation, assigned the rights of a Russian investor in Snorris, initiated a proceeding against Lithuania under a bilateral investment treaty between Lithuania and Russia, claiming that Lithuania expropriated investments. Relevant here, the treaty establishes a procedure for resolving any dispute between one contracting party and an investor of the other contracting party uh, concerning investments in the first contracting party's territory and offers parties four options for dispute resolution. Uh, the fund chose an ad hoc arbitration in accordance with arbitration rules of the United Nations Commission on International Trade Law with each party selecting one arbitrator and those two choosing a third. After initiating arbitration, the fund filed a Section 1782 application in federal court seeking information from Simon Freakley, who was appointed as a temporary administrator of Sonoris, and Alex Partners LLP, a New York-based consulting firm where Freakley serves as CEO. Alex Partners resisted discovery arguing that the ad hoc arbitration panel was not a foreign or international tribunal under Section 1782, but instead a private adjudicative body. The district court rejected that argument and granted the fund's discovery request. The Second Circuit affirmed. The Supreme Court held, The decisions below are reversed. Only a, oh, and Justice Barrett delivered opinion for the uh, unanimous court. Only a governmental or intergovernmental adjudicative body cons constitutes a foreign or international tribunal under Section 28 U.S.C. Section 1782, and the bodies at issue in these cases do not qualify.
a um, section 1782A provides that a district court may order discovery for use in a proceeding in a foreign or international tribunal. Standing alone, the word tribunal can be used either as a synonym for court, or in which case it carries a distinctively governmental flavor, or more broadly to refer to any adjudicatory body. While a prior version of Section 1782 covered any judicial proceeding in any court in a foreign country, Section 1782, 1958 edition, um, Congress later expanded the provision to cover proceedings in a foreign or international tribunal. That shift created the possibility of U.S. judicial assistance in connection with administrative and quasi-judicial proceedings abroad. Um, See Intel Corporation versus Advanced Microdynamics, otherwise known as AMD. Um, but while a tribunal thus need not be a formal court read in context with tribunal attached to the modifiers foreign or international section 1782's phrase is best understood to refer to an adjudicative body that exercises governmental authority. Foreign tribunal more naturally refers to a tribunal belonging to a foreign nation than to a tribunal that is simply located in a foreign nation. And for a tribunal to belong to a foreign nation, the tribunal must possess sovereign authority conferred by that nation. This reading of foreign tribunal is reinforced by the statutory defaults for discovery procedure under Section 1782, which permit district courts to prescribe the practice and procedure which may be in whole or in part the practice and procedure of the foreign country or the international tribunal. That's section 1782A, emphasis added. The, uh, the statute thus presumes that a foreign tribunal follows the practice and procedure of the foreign country. That default discovery procedures or that the default discovery procedures for a foreign tribunal are governmental, suggests that the body is governmental too. Similarly, an international tribunal is best understood as one that involves or is of two or more nations, meaning that those nations have imbued the tribunal with official power to adjudicate disputes. So understood, a foreign tribunal is a tribunal imbued with governmental authority by one nation, and an international tribunal is a tribunal imbued with governmental authority by multiple nations. Uh, Section 1782's focus on governmental and intergovernmental tribunals is confirmed by both the statute's history and a comparison to the Federal Arbitration Act. From 1855 until 1964, Section 1782 and its antecedents covered assistance only to foreign courts. Congress established the Commission on International Rules of Judicial Procedure um, and charged the Commission with improving the process of judicial assistance, specifying that the assistance and cooperation was between the United States and foreign countries, and that the rendering of assistance to foreign courts and quasi-judicial agencies should be improved. In 1964, Congress adopted the Commission's proposed legislation 
which became the modern version of Section 1782. Interpreting Section 1782 to reach only bodies exercising governmental authority is consistent with Congress's charge to the Commission. The animating purpose of Section 1782 is comedy, permitting federal courts to assist foreign and international governmental bodies, promotes respect for foreign governments, and encourages reciprocal assistance. It is difficult to see how enlisting district courts to help private bodies adjudicating purely private disputes abroad would serve that end. Extending Section 1782 to include private bodies would also be in significant tension with the FAA, which governs domestic arbitration because of Section 17 or because Section 1782 per- permits much broader discovery than the FAA allows. In interpreting Section 1782 to reach private arbitration would therefore create a notable mismatch between foreign and domestic arbitration. The adjudicative bodies in these cases are not governmental or intergovernmental tribunals that fall within Section 1782. The dispute between LuxShare and ZF involves private parties that agreed in a private contract that DIS, a private dispute resolution organization, would arbitrate any disputes between them. No government is involved in creating the DIS panel or prescribing its procedures. Contrary to LuxShare's suggestion, a commercial arbitration panel like the DIS panel does not qualify as governmental simply because the law of the country which it would sit, here Germany, governs some aspects of arbitration and courts play a role in enforcing arbitration agreements. The ad hoc arbitration panel at issue in the fund's dispute with Lithuania presents a harder question. A sovereign is on one side of the dispute, and the option to arbitrate is contained in an international treaty rather than a private contract. Yet, neither Lithuania's presence nor the treaty existed, or neither Lithuania's presence nor the treaty's existence is dispositive because Russia and Lithuania are free to structure investor-state dispute resolution as they see fit. What matters is whether the two nations intended to confer governmental authority on an ad hoc panel formed pursuant to the treaty. See uh, BG Group PLC versus Republic of Argentina. The treaty offers a choice of four forums to resolve disputes. The inclusion of courts as one option for dispute resolution reflects Russia and Lithuania's intent to give investors the choice of bringing their disputes before a pre-existing governmental body. By contrast, the ad hoc arbitration panel is not a pre-existing body, but one formed for the purpose of adjudicating investor state disputes. Nothing in the treaty reflects Russia and Lithuania's intent that an ad hoc panel exercise governmental authority. The ad hoc panel has authority because Lithuania and the fund consented to the arbitration, not because Russia and Lithuania clothe a panel with governmental authority. Any similarities between the ad hoc arbitration panel and the other adjudicatory bodies from the past are not dispositive. For purposes of Section 1782, the inquiry is whether the features of the adjudicatory body and other evidence established the intent of the relevant nations to imbue the body in question with governmental authority. The decision below is reversed. 
Justice Barrett delivered the opinion for a unanimous court. If you'd like to support me or the podcast, you can find a PayPal link in the show notes, or you can get a hold of me at roadscholar80 at gmail.com. That's R-O-A-D-S, like the truck driving roads, and 80. 